Good morning. Welcome to Cone and Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cone. We're going to be at the game tonight. The Niners are playing. You're going to be there, right? I'm going to be there. He's going to be there. I'm going to be there. The Niners are playing. It's an exhibition. It's an exhibition. And it's really hard to, like, evaluate a preseason game because the goal isn't to, like, score points or move the ball up the field. Really, they don't care. They're not game planning. The goal is to evaluate specific players that maybe you don't have enough information on because they're young or they haven't been here long or they're on the roster bubble or whatever. So I have a list of 15 players that qualify for that. We're going to go through most of them. Larry has his own list as well. We're going to go back and forth, talk about players we're looking for and what exactly we're looking about, looking for with these players, why they're so important to us. Sound good? Yep, sounds good. Let's let's roll. I mean, you know, and this is uh this is the time of year. You're right. They're not looking for points. They're not looking for wins. They're looking for though they are looking for something. You know, that will be the the one contrast is you'll hear people go, these games mean nothing. No, 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 no. They actually mean quite a bit to the personnel evaluators, pro personnel value, evaluators here and around the league. So uh, these are these are big glimpses and big opportunities for these young players. Right. And when the coaches are calling plays, they're doing so to put specific players in specific situations to evaluate them uh, in ways that they can't in practice. Not to, like, take advantage of a weakness in the opponent. Not thinking about the opponent. They're thinking about their team. So let's start. Let's organize it position by position. Let's start on the defense and finish with Trey Lance because obviously we're going to be evaluating a lot with Trey Lance. Let's start in the defensive backfield. Which players in particular are we looking for? You go first. Name a player. Um. I don't think there's any doubt. I'm looking for Tarvarius Moore. I think yep. that's a bit that's a key guy. Why? Because Tarvarius Moore has the skills to play safety. But you know what? When he has played safety, Grant, he's taken some of the worst angles I've ever seen, and yep. almost to the point where he can't play safety. But I've heard that he's been coached up more. I heard that he's, you know, he's taken better angles. Physically, he's dominating. He's long, he's athletic, he's fast. And even despite the injury he's had he's maintained a lot of that athleticism so i think tarvarius moore is a is a guy for sure i'm going to be looking at to see a does he play proper angles both against the run and the pass um does he wind up taking does he turn any small you know let's say 12 15 yard gain into a monster 45 50 yard gain like we saw him do against the steelers with juju smith schuster a couple years ago so i know he's got physical ability that's number one but uh now it's just a matter of he's played a lot of corner safety's a different animal how does he look now that he's had some run and some experience at safety yeah i I also want to look at what he looks like physically coming off an achilles tear because this guy was what he had going for him was elite athleticism he was a four three guy he's six foot three they drafted him to play corner he doesn't really have a position he's not good enough in coverage to cover wide receivers on the outside he hasn't been good enough in tackling, to your point, or, or taking angles to play safety. Um, I want to see what he has left athletically. Because in the one-on-ones, I mean, he can't cover – no one can cover Kittle. But it, it doesn't. I'm not sure that he has that 4-3 speed anymore. I'd like to see it in the game. Maybe he can show it in the game. Because they want to use th- uh, three safety defenses. They want to use three safety packages. And if he's not what he used to be, they can't. I think he's supposed to be the first safety off the bench. I think he's in a very a very important player in this team. I hadn't listed as well. I'll go somewhere else in the, in the secondary cornerback. I want to see Samuel Womack. I've seen Emmanuel Mosley play. I've seen Traverius Ward play. I know what they're, they're very good players. Samuel Womack. And I've also seen Darquez Denard. We've seen Darquez Denard. He's not a very good player. He's a, a journeyman at this point in his career. And if he starts, that's a problem for the four. If he's the best nickel they have, but they drafted this Sam Womack and he hasn't played with the starters much, although he's starting to in, in camp. And when he does get beat, he's right there. I want to see, like, what is his coverage like in a real game, and will he get flagged? Because to me, it seems like he's right there on all these plays. Is he is he grabbing, or is he just really good in coverage? Yeah, that's a good. That's a great one because um, this kid has he's winning. By the way, he wears twenty six. For those of you who are going to the game tonight, Samuel Womack wears twenty six. He's got all the physical ability um, in the world. The question is, 
can he can he you know can he avoid giving up the big play um and i think and, and you know that's a veteran position you got the two-way go denard's the safer pick and he's sitting behind denard on the depth chart but i think that's that spot's open now i know denard was impressive at the end of last year he learned the whole defense in a day and this and that but you know what he doesn't have the same kind of coverage ability i don't think or body control of womack and i think womack has the ability to steal that job from him in this preseason and that's a vital that probably is the most important job that is that's going to be competed for in the preseason is the Niners nickel corner which plays is on the field about 70 percent of the snaps more so than their third linebacker is on the field so it's very important position and Womack's got the physical ability but can he not give up the can he not get gashed I want to see him eliminate the big play plays because there's been he's had some great reps in camp and then there's been some reps where it's like the rookie has just gotten lost he's gotten turned around and the guy he's covering is running in the clear uh that happens in the nfl at six yes all i'm saying is on the outside the niners have two corners who um take away the quick throws and contest a lot of catches a lot of pbus warden mosley they don't have that in the inside when denard or Quantrez Knight. Those guys, I haven't seen them break up any passes. Womack has. Womack's quick. He has length. I want to, like, they, I think they want him to win this job, but they just need to see, like, is the moment too big for him? He's a small school guy. Can he handle this? So this is a test for him. But if he passes it, don't be surprised if he's started. I mean, he's starting the, the number one nickel week one. Yeah, I mean, and 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 maybe that might be their best play. I'll go with the same spot, but the guy sitting behind him on the depth chart—you just kind of referenced it—the UCLA kid, Quantrez Knight, and you know he's looked a step slow to me in practice. I mean, he doesn't—he didn't run for the stopwatch. That's why he went undrafted. He was a productive player at UCLA, though. And when you watch productive players get into game situations, they typically elevate. Mm-hmm. And I would expect Quantrez Knight to elevate in the second half in this game but then there's the bottom line does he have i forget the safety the niners had a few years ago um he was from a tiny little school and he just he went elizabeth city something or elizabeth something um and he he you know he was a great collegiate player had great college production but when you saw him on the nfl field with nfl athletes even though he was thinking it right, yeah. he was a step slow because of his physical ability. And that sometimes happens. So I want to see Quantra's night. And my question is, is he an NFL caliber athlete? Uh, because if he, if he isn't, you know, all the coaching in the world, you know, these are this is a tough position. You have to be an NFL caliber athlete to play it. There's no faking it. Yeah. I just want to see exactly what kind of speed and quickness Knight has. I see they have him playing nickel and he's gotten beaten over the, over the top a few times. And if you're getting, if you're giving up go routes, then you're a problem, but he seems like the kind of guy who will be good on special teams is versatile that do everything backup. He's probably going to be on the practice squad his, his rookie year, but he seems like the kind of guy who could be like Dante Johnson one day. You don't really want him starting in your secondary, but he could back up every single position. There might be a future for him here. There might be. This is a this is a guy that could go either way. Like if you told me that they they cut Quantrez Knight, you know, in two weeks, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me that he was their starting nickel at some point this year, I wouldn't be shocked. So that's a that's a huge range of possibilities, and we're going to start seeing it for real tonight. But he is a player to watch for because he wore he wore twenty four with the Bruins. If you watch any of the Bruins film, and he he made play after play after play. He's one of those guys that just is around the football. Now it's a huge step up in caliber of athletes. Can he still can he still be around the football, and can he not give up the ball over his head? That's okay. a big question. I agree. I agree. I, I think that's good for the secondary. I, I, I'd like to move into Unless there's anyone else you'd like to talk about. I, I'm pretty much done. In the no, secondary. those are the guys. Those yeah. are the guys I'm looking for back there for sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean obviously, I'd say Castro time. Fields, maybe Castro Fields. Good call. And honorable mentions. It's good to put some honorable mentions at the end. Uh, I don't have any linebackers listed. Do you have any? 
I mean, yeah, I, I the guy that I'm I, I'm eager to see is Marcelino McCreary yeah. Ball because he you know he wore he's wearing forty tonight. Um, every time I watched him, now this guy played safety at Indiana, and now he's put on a few pounds, uh, and he loves, but it's all good weight. He's flying around on the field. He's vocal. He's high energy. He's productive. Um, he, heck, I've seen him at times. You know, get guys lined up correctly. It seems like he's He's pretty cerebral, um, you know, but they're loaded at linebacker and there may not be really in on paper. There is no room at the end for Marce, Marcelino McCrary ball, right? Because you got you got Aziz and you got Greenlaw and you got Warner and then you got Curtis Robinson and Oren Burks, who are your special teams linebackers. They're truly great at every spot. Those are great special team linebackers, and those are great starting linebackers. And you still have Demetrius Flanagan Foles there, who's very dependable. So McCrary Ball and Saguna Luby are going to have to really open eyes. But both of them have the ability to do exactly that. McCrary Ball... Very instinctive plays fast. Aluby ran sub four or five, and there's been a couple plays out there where you can kind of see that impact speed. Um, so I'm eager to see what they look like, and I'm all I'm not sure what to root for because if they fire, they probably don't clear waivers. If they you know if they show up on the film repeatedly, they probably don't clear waivers. There may not be anything they can do to actually make the team grant uh, outside of an injury. So these yeah. this is interesting. If these guys play well that may guarantee that they're playing somewhere else. The Niners linebackers get poached because I think everyone knows that the Niners uh, are probably the best team at developing the new age style of linebacker safety hybrids that everyone wants. Um, he's one. And, and you got to remember, uh, Dre Greenlaw might not be here next year, free agent next year. Uh, same with Aziz Al-Shair. The Niners are kind of a linebacker factory. Really, they shouldn't be re-signing too many of these linebackers given how Good they are producing ones that were undrafted free agents, so he's one. Also, another one that I've noticed, uh, Demetrius Flanagan Foles. He's been here a while. When he first started playing linebacker, I was like, are you kidding? That guy looks like a free safety. Not anymore. The Niners do a really good job of, like, slowly and slowly building these safeties up, and now he he actually is like Warner where he's hitting kind of hard uh, in practice. He's that guy who seems like he has an edge. He has something to prove. So I also want to check out the other – Double last name linebacker Flanagan Falls. Anyway, yeah, and yeah. they traded they traded the linebacker last year right at the cut down to Denver. I, the name escapes me. Mine but, too. Um, and he played for Denver and played well, and he looked yeah. good for the Niners. So this position to me is interesting. If McCrary Ball or Luby play really well, they could be gone, or you could see. I could I could definitely see the 49ers trading maybe one of their more established linebackers like a Flanagan Foles for a day three pick at the cutdown and then going with one of these young rookies if they're that impressive and they don't want to lose them. So yeah. this is going to be an interesting uh, position to see at the cutdown if uh, either of these two incredibly athletic, undersized, kind of short linebackers can jump in front of Flanagan Foles uh, by making a ton of plays. JCK510 says a very important position to look at is quality control. Last year was a career year for QC. Well, <laughs> just like Kyle Shanahan, a lot of my uh, stock is tied into Trey Lance at this point. Double B Studio says preseason is to evaluate the depth chart. Yeah, that's what we're talking. Yep. There are a couple starters. There are a few starters I want to talk about too, though. Double B Studio says, is Jimmy going to be on the sidelines? Uh, Wouldn't that be something? Uh, if he is, they'll find him and they'll put him on TV. I hope so. Will he be anywhere? Will he be in the stadium? I think so. I don't think he's going to pass up the opportunity to be talked about on television. If you were his agent, wouldn't you be like, go there, be on TV? They'll talk about you. They'll say, look, he looks great. He's. I bet you he's going to be there. I bet I, ten okay. I, okay. I bet anything that if he is there, he's in a booth. That would be my good. guess. Booth is good. Yeah. Booth is fine. Double B Studio says, if if you see Jimmy there, can you record yourself with him in the background? It's August. Ha ha ha. I'll try if I can find him. All right. Uh, let's go to the defensive line. I'll start. Okay. Uh, this guy's a little obvious, but I want to see Drake Jackson in a real game. He um, definitely looks the part. He's got long arms, big legs. He can bend. But they're clearly trying to replace Arden Key in the rotation this year. I don't know what the projection is for Drake Jackson long term. I'm curious, is he going to be playing? Is he going to be rushing from the interior 
or the edge on third down. I know they're not going to be showing all of their blitz packages, but what is he better at? Rushing from the interior or the edge right now? Can he be the Arden key replacement, or is he going to be someone that's kind of a project for the future? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, the the guy that I want to see up front is Kinlaw. Uh, you know, Kinlaw is the most important guy in the Niner defensive front. Why? Because there's no nobody that can can be a reasonable facsimile of him. Um, he he's so unique. I mean, he's incredibly strong. Um, he's got the ability to to take over for DJ Jones and maybe even improve on what DJ did if he really fires. If if he's healthy, plays with leverage, stays healthy. Kinlock, I think, has more talent than DJ Jones. But man, DJ Jones did a ton and he plugged up uh, the middle very, very effectively and he stayed on the field and he stayed and he was he was healthy. So I want to see Kinlaw. I want to see Kinlaw. Uh, he's in the be- clearly he's in great shape. I mean, you can see it. Um, and I just want to see if he can get to that next level. Just a little bit more quickness, maybe a little bit more closing ability, maybe playing with a little bit better leverage, a little bit better technique. All those things are reasonable expectations expectations uh, when you consider his experience level in the defense. So I'm looking for Javon. This is, this is the year of Javon and he he's, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. He's absolutely a key cog. They have other guys, as you know, but they don't have anybody like him who can truly, uh, you know, command the double team and clog up the middle. So I'm looking for Javon. Yeah. I'm looking for Javon too. I'm not sure how much he's going to play. And I know like, that that's the first thing. I, what I'm looking for with him is when he's on the field and it's a it's a pass. How often is he? Does he have his pads underneath the offense alignment and is he driving the guy back with his hands? How often does he stop and resort to jumping up and down trying to knock down the pass? Because he does that a lot and he gets a lot of PBUs. He had a pick six that way, but they don't want him to do that. They want him to be like Armstead and drive and get knocked back. Too often he gets knocked back. So that's what I'm looking for with him. Also, is he on the field on third downs? Because as good as he is, you you talk about he's in great shape. He is. He's healthy. He is. Is he a three-down player? I don't know. And frankly, I don't think they've played him that way. So is is he DJ Jones or is he Eric Armstead? I'm curious. Right now, I think he's DJ Jones. He could become Eric Armstead. I want to see how they use him. Because coming back to the guy I was talking about before, Drake Jackson, if Kim was just a two-down player, they got to find that fourth guy in their third down package because it was Arden key. He was really freaking good at it. He's gone. And I think they drafted Drake Jackson with that in mind, but because I was talking to Chris Kacarek and he was like, look, if you go back and look at his freshman year, most of his sacks came from the interior. So I think what they're doing is teaching him the defensive end position so he can play it. But I think they're hoping that he might be able to do this. I don't know if he can do it. They don't know if he can do it. We'll find out a little bit in this game. I bet you they get him a lot of looks on both the interior and the edge. Yeah, I mean, to me, Kinlaw's key is keeping those feet moving. When his feet stop, that's when he stops. He's got to keep those feet moving. He looks lighter and quicker and like he's going to be able to fire those feet out and keep those feet moving. As far as Drake Jackson goes, um, is Drake Jackson, yeah, is he going to, you know, is he going to be an Arden Key NASCAR package guy? How creative do they get up front? And also, I'm looking for the, you know, many Hughes look good in this camp. Um, I'm looking for him. I'm looking for Jordan Willis. I'm looking for Kamoko Ture. I'm looking for Abukam. I'm looking for somebody to rise up and say, you know what? I'll be that guy opposite Nick Bosa. Um, and that's vital. They, they've got, you know, even though this D line on paper is incredibly deep and very, very skilled, and it's like considered to be one of the strengths of the team, they actually do have some some fairly major questions. And you know, what's Kinlaw? What's Drake Jackson? Who? Which of these young defensive ends is going to step up and kind of seize the opportunity? Is Abukam going to continue where he where he finished off last year? Um, so I, you know, those, that's what I'm looking for, for sure. And I, I'll give you one more. I, I think Robert Kemdiche is one of the most talented 
uh, interior guys in this in this on this unit. I mean, this guy wears fifty. Um, he looks lean and mean and fast. And you know, the, this the, this is a shoot it up the field kind of a defense. Not a lot of read and react. Can he play fast in this defense? If Kem Diche, he's kind of my wild card Grant at the D line because I think he could be anything. He could be cut. Or he could be like, wow, man, Kem Diche is making a huge impact on the Niner front. I really believe it. it's all there. It, all those possibilities are there. Yeah, you're, you're really focused on the, uh, the, the the first and second down run defenders, which is important in a wide nine. I'm focused on that Arden Key role. And there's one more guy I want to bring up. No one ever talks about it. I don't think we've ever talked about him on this show. His name is Alex Barrett. He wears number 58. Okay, you don't probably don't know him. You may have heard that he converted his entire salary this year to Bitcoin, which was not a good idea. But he's not playing defensive end in, in camp. He's playing strictly defensive tackle. He might be 255 pounds. And he started there so, so many times. He takes all of his reps there in one-on-ones. No one can block him. No one can block him right now, at least in practice. He is the best Arden Key. And I didn't see it coming, but so far he's had a hell of a camp. I want to see if he can do it in a game. Right it's now, a good one. Phenomenal shape, and he's doing it as an interior rusher, weighing like two sixty. He's a guy that you forget about because he's been in the system before, and he's kind of been on the edge of the roster practice squad. You know, is what is he going to be yes. on? Is he going to be off? He's a guy that's been waived, I think, before and cleared yeah. waivers. Uh, but you're right; there's a lot of pass rush ability, and there's a lot of knowledge of this system. He's they they know him a lot, and I I'd love to know what his actual weight is because I think he's actually put on some weight. Maybe, um, yeah. He Seems looks like a little him. he looks a little bulkier. But yeah, that's an interesting name because he's got talent. I mean, it's like Al- Alex Baird has talent for sure. And yeah, he's a big strong vet who if he's going if he's in like the third quarter, he's going to be whipping some rookies. I mean, he might look good. I think he if I remember correctly, he's had some good moments in preseason, which is probably why he's stuck around this long uh given the fact that no one knows who he is. All right. Let's answer a couple of questions, and we'll go to offense. Mark says, with the possibility of Vic Fangio becoming D coordinator next season, might they want to load up on linebackers with the chance of going to a 3-4 defense? Do you think Vic Fangio would really switch it up and get rid of Chris Kacerik if he came in? I mean, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. It seems like Coach Eric has is, is really done a great – You know, has, yeah, has made a huge impact. I mean, I, I can't see that. I mean, would Vic adjust? Would, would uh, he make everybody else adjust? I'll say this, though, too. This is there's not a lot of there's not space on the roster to do that kind of stuff. You know, you can't load up on linebackers for this year, for next year, really, unless unless you can somehow get uh, some of these guys to to the practice squad. But teams can poach your practice squad guys. So that's going to be really interesting to see because uh, they get an abundance of riches at linebacker. If the young linebackers play great, then what? Because I don't, I think Burks has made the team. I think Rob, uh, Curtis Robinson, even though he's a no name guy for a lot of people, I think he's made the team. Um, the top is a big member of their special teams. Big yeah, member. I mean, yeah. they're, you know, so it's, it's hard yeah. to picture um, McCrary Ball or a Luby on the roster, but there's always injuries and there can be trades. Right, and if these guys, if you play well enough, if you play well enough, they'll make room for you. Haha says Conan Kruger are the two wheels in the game right now. Thank you for the rational analysis, not pushing team PR. That's what we aim to do. Thank you. Yeah, we we don't push PR. We try not to. All right, let's go to offense. You want to go offensive line? Yeah, let's do it. I, I'm going to start with Spencer Burford because Burford has been a revelation at right guard. And um, he's legit. I mean, I want, I busted out the uh, the UTSA film, uh, you know, last week. Just take a closer look, and this guy is—he's a bulldozer. He's a tremendous run blocker with with almost ideal measurables when you look at arm length and the power that he generates, and the way he's played has been absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. And you got to get lucky sometimes. I'm not saying it was luck because I'm sure their scouts did a hell of a job on this guy, but I'm just saying sometimes you got to get that day three pick that is a plug-and-play player um, to, uh, to to when you're building a, a championship football team. And maybe this is the break they needed because this guy doesn't look like a fourth-round pick. No, he's been one of the stars of camp. When he first came into the media room and introduced himself and had his first press conference – 
Standing next to him, I, I thought, wow, this guy's the next right tackle of the 49ers. He's going to take over for Mike McGlinchey next year. If McGlinchey, he looks like that kind of an athlete, real long, tall, and then moving into right guard. And he's doing, apparently, he's strong enough. You wonder, like, 22 year old, can you really hand, uh, can you hold up against a 320 pound guy like Javon Kinlaw? So far, the answer is yes. And I just want to see if it holds over in, into the uh, preseason as well, because so far, he's been passing all of his tests. The thing that jumps out to me, Grant, is that, you know, there's two kinds of bodies and offensive line. There's the guy who's who's 260 and lifts weights to 290, or he's 270 and he lifts weights and he's 310. The, your walk-around weight is important as an offensive lineman because you can't the job's hard enough. The recovery ability in football, you don't you can't spend four and a half hours in the weight room every day. You gotta have you gotta be Play, your playing weight's got to be in the same neighborhood as your walk around weight, or it's just not going to work. And you can tell this is yeah. this kid's weight is natural. He's going to be able to put on 10 pounds going forward just naturally. But he's walk around weight is he, you know, he's 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 almost a perfect specimen for right guard, especially in a movement scheme where you want guys with long limbs, but you want them to have movement ability. This guy's got long limbs and movement ability. And he played in a scheme where they really, you know, uh, emphasized the run. And I think he's, he's a great scheme fit. So Spencer Burford, um, I'll be watching you tonight for sure. When you were talking about offensive linemen who their walking around weight is way lower than their playing weight, guess who popped into my head immediately? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking Tony Mandarich, you know, from way, way back. Who, who, you know, How about Mike McGlinchey? Yeah, yeah. If you see him in like a in, in March, man, that guy looks like he's 260. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey looks like um, – like a, like a like a like a tight end at times, like a big tight end, and then and then what is you know? And, and I've heard the Forster talk about McGlinchey's weight, saying that well, he wants him, he likes him lighter. Is that what? He, or he likes him heavier? He likes him heavier. I think. I think you want him heavier because if he's two ninety, he can't. He gets run over anyway. Let's move on to. I don't know if we're going to see Mike McGlinchey in this game. I want to watch the left guard, Aaron Banks. Banks, That's a good one too. Burford have taken all the reps with the starters. Burford has played really well. Banks has not. Banks has had moments that are good and in moments that are not. In one-on-ones, he can't anchor. In in the run game, it seems like he can move people. Um, but in the pa in pass protection, he pops up and gets moved back. He's not Mikey Potty by any means. I don't understand. So I, I really want to see this because if he continues to be inconsistent or struggle, they can't start him. And I think there's much more for him to prove than for Burford at this point. So, like, if he struggles again, like he's been struggling in camp, then all of a sudden, week one, we just might see Daniel Brunskill starting at left guard. Because they know what Brunskill can do. He can play yeah. every position kind of the same mediocre way. Banks, we don't even know if he's mediocre. And obviously the big, you know, the competition is at center with Brendel and Brunskill and maybe others. I mean, is Zakel in this mix? Is Poe in this mix? What if Brendel and Brunskill look ordinary? Or what if what you just said, what if Banks struggles and they got to move Brunskill out of that center competition to left guard? Who gets put in to that competition? I've heard great things about Poe. I saw him make a, uh, I saw him move uh, uh, the, the kids, the, the uh, kid, the uh, veteran defensive tackle Spence who's very strong and for Poe to move Pant move uh, Akeem uh, Spence that way or is it what's uh, yeah is that it what's yeah yeah Spence yeah, Akeem yes, Spence yes, yes, yes. That that I mean, Poe's got real anchor ability when he when he locks his feet and and really anchors and then fires those hands and kind of yeah. and kind of bows his back. He gives no ground. I've seen him do it 15 times in this camp and I've never seen anybody up unroot, you know, up uproot him from that spot. I saw the the gigantic guy from Georgia who's in Philly's camp, uh uh forget Jordan his name, Davis. Jordan Davis, and he was just he moved a center back like four different ways. He was yeah, I mean, he would. Yeah. I mean, the guy was on roller skates. He kept trying yeah. to reset, and he kept yeah. getting pushed back, and he had to reset again. I haven't seen Poe after he sets been moved back no. by anybody. So no. that's great strength. And if that he's got that kind of strength, he might be a player at the center spot if they don't like what they see at a at a Brendel or Brunskill or guard. I mean, really, Jason or guard. Yeah, or he can take over for Banks. 
that's what I'm saying. Like he's been the left, he's been the second string left guard in camp. So he's breathing down Banks's neck. Of course, Brunskill could slide in, but like we know Brunskill. Brunskill is not good enough. They would love him to be a backup, not a starter. Poe all of, all of a sudden is intriguing, like Burford. He's a small, he's a much smaller version. He looks like Shaq Mason, who was a starting guard. Yeah, that's a good call. So I want to really a sawed-off guy. The other guy, what's Jalen Moore's physical status? Hurt. I don't know. It's not. He's not going. I don't think he's going. I haven't seen him practice in a while. Um, any other? Uh, I think I got. Oh, he's yeah. a t- I mean, also Zakel. I mean, Zakel, you know, is powerful and he's smart. Terrible. I, you know, I, I don't know what he's going to look like in the games, but something tells me he's going to be a better player in games than practice. Maybe because he's been so bad in practice. I mean, in the one on ones, he's he just doesn't look strong enough. Poe looks strong enough, at least now. Jake Brendel, Jake Brendel, big, big debut for him because yeah. he's winning the competition for center right now. And if he can just look competent, you know, not turn the ball over, not give up any sacks. This is his job to win. Uh, if not, they'll slide in Brent's goal. Uh, so, Brendel, this is this is his whole career, his whole life built up to this game tonight. Seriously, it's amazing. It's his Super yeah. Bowl. Oh, I mean, that's that that isn't that isn't that so, that's what makes yeah. these games I think so compelling. Is yeah. that yeah, they're forgettable games for Trent Williams. Yeah, but two spots over is a guy who's playing his Super Bowl. Yes, this is the biggest game of Jake Brendel's life. That's not that's not an exaggeration. I don't. Ah, uh, he started maybe three games in his career in the regular season. This is his. First of three auditions to get an actual starting job in the NFL. Huge. I, I, I hope pull for him because he went to UCLA. <laughs> I'll say this too. This might be the spot. If Brendel, Brunskill, Poe, if some of these guys don't look good, this would be the spot. I think they would go outside the organization for help. You know, there may be a guy in the league that they can get that they could plug in 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 the interior if they don't like what they've got. And so that I think they're going to be evaluating not just what their interior guys are doing, but I bet you there's somebody in the Niner pro personnel department who is taking a very keen look at, let's say, a half dozen other players at that spot around the league playing this weekend. Right. We know that the offensive line coach wants it to be Brendel. So Brendel right. has the inside track. He has to not blow it. He has to not fumble this one. Let's see if he doesn't fumble it. I think that's good for the offensive line. Let's talk wide receivers. Well, I think this is really interesting because um, I'm hot to trot on Tay Martin, and I have been for ever since I saw him. I, I, I saw him. I saw him at Wazoo. I saw him when he transferred to Oak State. Then I saw him against Baylor in the Big Twelve title game. I saw him against Notre Dame in the bowl game, the Fiesta. He had like you know over a hundred yards. He had three touchdowns. They don't beat Notre Dame without him. And then watching Tay Martin, now he wears eighty three. So hone in on him. But I mean, this is a there's almost no jobs available here. You've got Ayuk, you got Debo, you got Jawan Jennings, you got Ray Ray McLeod, and you have Danny Gray, and they may just keep five. So if they keep five, that's a wrap. Everybody else need not apply. Um, but then there's other guys here. There's Malik Turner, who's been had a very good camp. There's Keyshawn Johnson. They brought in Willie Sneed. There's Marcus Johnson if he's healthy. But the, to me, they all take a backseat to Tay Martin. Tay Martin has impact quickness. He's bigger than them. Um, he's he, he he he. Some guys are quick, but they don't gain separation. This guy's quick and gains separation and plucks the ball with his hands and can catch it in a crowd so i'm i'm looking for tay martin and danny gray i mean the two young danny gray is going to make this team he's 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 already shown in camp he's a big play guy he stretches the field i don't think there's any doubt him and mcleod are going to give this wide receiver uh group great you know more explosiveness than they've had in years going back to ted ginn but tay martin is the guy that i'm looking for tonight and i i think tay martin is is a tremendous wide receiver and i can't believe he wasn't drafted well, I can understand why he wasn't drafted. He ran a four-five-eight, but to me, the Niners have, I guess, certain templates of wide receivers they look for that they've had success with. Undrafted guys. This guy physically fits the same exact profile as Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. Yep. It's Very the same much like profile. I'm not saying he'll have that success, but that's what they're envisioning here. So I want to see because recently, I mean, he wasn't getting many targets in camp. Undrafted free agent. That's what happens. Recently, though, winning his one-on-ones. And getting open, catching passes uh, with the third team in practice. 
Now I want to see it in the game because he could be playing a lot. He could play the entire second half. He could be the guy that the quarterback trusts. Tay Martin has a potential to be the next Kendrick Porter on this team. I agree. Let's talk Danny Gray, though, because I don't see Tay Martin necessarily contributing this year. Danny Gray, I think, needs to contribute to this team for them to be as good as they can possibly be because they're a deep – They're a, Trey Lance is doing nothing but throwing deep and a lot of deep throws. And Ayuk, excellent player, 4-5 guy. Kittle, excellent player, 4-5 guy. Debo, excellent player, looks like he weighs 225 pounds right now, hasn't won deep yet. Um, McLeod, 4-5 guy. They need Danny Gray to fill this role of the – Taylor, Gabriel, whatever, you know, the deep threat guy. And so far, it seems like he can. He just hasn't played much with the starters. So if he can at least show that he's passing his whatever test that Kyle has for him with the backups, he might just sneak into a role where he gets 30 targets this year and catches, you know, averages 17 yards a catch. They need that. Gray's a space creator. You know, he, he's going to yeah. create a lot of space. I think he's I think he's going to make this team just because I think he's one of the guys that they uh, envision as taking some of the load off of Debo. And not that they're the same receiver. They're totally different receivers. But when Debo beats a guy, um, there can't be that other de- defensive back standing right there. And if Gray's on the field, that other defensive back won't be standing right there because he's so vertical. He's got, he's such a vertical threat and we've seen it in this camp and he's not, he's not frail uh, and he's got good ball skills. He's got tremendous confidence. And I think he's, he's a, he's a big, he's a major key uh, to this passing game being explosive. I totally agree with your initial comment, Grant, where you're like, Hey, they need this guy this year i agree i agree if the 49ers and this sounds crazy because nobody's ever seen this guy but if the 49ers are going to do anything deep in the playoffs this year danny gray is going to be a factor it's a part of the offense that only he can provide i don't know that he's going to be great at it but if he if he is then this offense takes off um and it's not just he needs to show like eventually he needs to get time with trey lance because the whole thing with the deep throws is it's it's a timing thing. It's not just his speed, but it's Trey Lance getting a feel for how far out in front he can throw with Danny Gray being able to run underneath it. I mean, they used to say you couldn't over, you couldn't overthrow Cliff Branch. Well, I've seen Trey Lance overthrow Danny Gray. They got to get some time together on that, and that's on the coaches. So Gray has to show that he's ready. Um, any other wide? I have a, one more wide receiver I want to say, and I don't know if he's going to play, but Debo. I've been sort of whispering and saying on the show, like, he looks a little chunky. He looks like 2020 Debo, not 2019, not 2021 Debo. He looks like 225-pound Debo, not 215-pound Debo. I'd like to see what he looks like. I'd like to see what you guys think he looks like. I'd like to see it on television and in person because right now I'm like, I don't know, man. I, not You're not looking like the guy who was the best player in the league right now. I'm, I'm, I have no concerns about Debo. I saw him walking around um, – um, you know, right at the beginning of camp, and I thought he looked—I thought he looked like he was like in better shape than I've seen. So, I'm surprised that you're saying that you think he looks a little heavy. But I haven't been out there the last couple of days, so I haven't really seen him run all the routes. We haven't seen him go deep, but I mean, camp is not about Debo. Camp is about the other guys, um, for the most part. But I would like to see. Debo and Trey be on the same page. I'm not as worried about Debo's conditioning, but I am concerned. I know I can see that Debo, that uh, Trey and Ayuk have repped it. You can see that. And Ayuk has just been, I also want to see if Ayuk can just, even if it's just a flash in the first series or so, I want to see if Ayuk looks like the same player in the games that he's looked like in these practices. Because when I've seen him in practice, he looks like he is primed for a bust out kind of a, you know, monster year. I don't like any of these guys fantasy wise typically because they spread it around. But Ayuk to me looks like the guy that I would probably want on my fantasy team this year. He looks like he's going to, he's going to make plays. I think he could, I think he's going to make plays all over the field on all three levels. Um, And he looks like he's really repped it with Trey. So that's impressive. I want to see if Trey and Debo are in that same are they can they can they develop that rapport because it's a, it's vitally important that they do. Well, Debo was gone all offseason and he's not in as good a shape as Ayuk is in great shape. Ayuk is in yeah. mid-season form. Debo's trying to get there. Ayuk's in way better shape than Debo. Ayuk's going to lead this team in catches, targets, receiving yards, and catching touchdowns this year. Uh, Kittle could do it, but I think they're going to try to not get him hurt, not overuse him. Although they always do. 
And Debo, I don't know. When he wants to arrive to the party, he's welcome. But so far, he's catching 52% of his targets and can't beat Diamador Lador down the sideline. I'm 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 worried. And I don't even root for this team. But okay, let's move on. Hold on, let's answer some questions. Ricardo says, "What team has a has as much talent as we do?" I feel like we're loaded. Lance has the room to make mistakes because of how good this team could be. I honestly feel like Lance could start six and zero. The potential is crazy. Whew. I mean, I don't know about six and zero. I do I do agree that this is a this is one of the NFL's better rosters, though. I mean, I, I was trying to look at it last night. I got to look at it more, but I would say it's definitely without a doubt. I mean, I probably looked at 25 rosters. I would say this is definitely a top five roster. Top five. Preston says Purdy has a lot to prove. Easy cut target if they decide they need to keep one more linebacker, D lineman or running back, even though they usually keep three quarterbacks. Yeah, I think if you cut Purdy, you can put him on the practice squad and elevate him if you need to. I don't think there's a whole market, a whole host of teams waiting to claim Purdy off waivers. I don't know. Maybe if he plays well in train, in uh, preseason, there will be. To me, it's about the zip because I think there's a lot of people that feel that he can't make all the throws. If yeah. he shows that he can make all the throws, this guy was tremendously productive at Ames. I mean, I mean, he's he's incredibly productive. I mean, he, uh, he had better production than almost every quarterback in this last draft. When and NFL scouts and personnel people really value that production. So, to me, if he shows NFL caliber zip, let's say say he throws a 18 yard, you know, the 18 to 22 yard cut pass and he cut patterns and he throws that pass, you know, absolutely with some zip or the or the deep out from the wide hash and he throws it and he zings it in there. I think it's going to be glimpses of his arm strength. And if his arm strength looks good, I think they're going to have a hard time sneaking him through waivers, especially if he moves the team. I actually think Purdy's going to outplay Sudfeld in the preseason. I know Sudfeld's had a good camp, but I made that prediction early, and I, I'm going to stick with it. Um, I, I, I think Purdy. I think the, I think Purdy's going to move the team. I do. I really believe that. He may, but I have not seen any zip from Purdy. In fact, I saw more zip from Nick Mullins. Um, Corey says, "How much would it cost us to address the center position midseason via trade? Do centers command a decent price?" There are there are centers on the free agent market right now. J.C. Treader, Billy Price. I mean, there are guys they could sign. Although they would have to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo first. He's still on the team, by the way. <laughs> right. And if they do move Garoppolo, I, I I would say the midseason trade market the Niners become a major player in because they will then go from having one of the least amount of cap room to like the most amount of cap room. They didn't spend it on free agents. They would. I know some of it's earmarked for Ayuk and Bosa and their extensions, but probably not all of it. So if there is a player that shakes free in October um, and and they're get off to a good start and are thinking Super Bowl. I think the Niners are one of the teams that absolutely you should circle as you know likely to be active in the trade market. Let's go to running backs. Which running backs are you looking to evaluate and why? All of them. I mean, seriously, all of them. And I say that because they, there's an, I have a distinct question about each one. Mitchell's put on weight, but does he still have that elusiveness? Um, Jeff Wilson Jr., at times, Grant, to me, looks like the best back they have. At times, Jeff – I've never seen Jeff Wilson look better than I saw in this camp. I mean, he's, he's lean. He's mean. He's fast. He knows the offense. Sermon looks great to me. Um, Ty Davis-Price has glimpses, and then he's got disappointing moments. But I thought Ty Davis-Price in that pass rush dr – or pass blocking drill was absolutely, you know, stonewalling Fred Warner consistently. Um, and then Mason. Mason, um, uh, Jordan Mason from Georgia Tech. I want to see if it's real because in the practices, he looks absolutely like an NFL back. And um, and so that's that's and, and then there's Hasty and Hasty knows this offense better. So I you know that he did a year ago. So I think I'm looking for I think that's a really good competition. I think it's wide open. Um, I'm looking forward to, to watching it because if you told me this back's going to start and you literally went with any of them except for Hasty, I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. I really look at this position totally differently. To me, this is Elijah Mitchell's position. I think Debo is, the, is still the number two guy. They like Jeff Wilson. And after that, they have questions. So I want to go one by one. Let's start with Trey Sermon. They, they're saying nice things about Trey Sermon, but frankly, their actions last year said they didn't trust him. They didn't have him active. There was no role for him. There was a role for Jermichael Hasty on the team, but not Trey Sermon. So, okay, he's doing everything right. Let's see what it looks like. In camp, 
He'll have some nice runs, but he also is, of all the running backs, to me, is the one that gets stopped in the backfield the most. He's indecisive, a la Tevin Coleman. They don't like that about him. So I want to see how often does he get stopped in the backfield. And what's nice about running backs, you're actually going to get yards per carry on these guys. You can actually evaluate them. But I want to see Trey Sermon. Do you have any juice? You're the slowest of the running backs. Uh, I know he's a good receiver. He has really long hands, really, I mean, arms. I want to see what kind of juice he has. Is he indecisive? Because I know Ty Davis Price is not indecisive. I don't know if he's agile, but with Ty Davis Price, I, what I want to see is, do you have the burst, the burst to get to the edge? Because can you be a short yardage back? Because I don't think he has any of the like, you call it pick and slide ability of Trey Sermon. I don't think he has any of that. He just no, he's not. He's not. Back. Yeah, he's no. not a pick and slide guy. But no. that, that that's a good question as far as yeah. how fast is Ty Davis Price functionally. For, it doesn't matter. The stopwatch means zero yeah. with these guys. It's all about functional speed. I mean, I thought uh, Mitchell last year played nowhere close exactly. to the four three three speed that he showed exactly. when he worked out. But it didn't matter because he didn't fumble and he ran above his pads and he can pick and slide and he's got great vision. And he, yeah. so I think Ty Davis Price is their one chance of this group to find a player who can get to the to the edge in the outside zone stretch run game at will. And if he can't do it, they're going to have to change up how they run the ball this year. There's no gonna more power. They're just going to have to use Debo still. I mean, I think the whole idea with taking Ty Davis Price is like, okay, we need a running back who can do what Debo does. Well, it better be Ty Davis Price. He ran a 4-4-8. He, he supposedly is – let's see it. Because I've seen him do it a few times in, in practice. So if he can do it in real games, it'll be a, there will be a role for him. And then, as you mentioned, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason could get the whole second half. Jordan Mason is not fast. He's kind of like Trey Sermon. But he is extremely decisive. And at least in practice, he runs really freaking hard. I want to see Jordan Mason. I think it's going to take like three guys to take him to the ground. I think he might be. I also think this is an incredible player because you see this sometimes in football. This guy was a non-factor as a receiver in college, but that was more them because yes. I'm watching I'm watching him in, in practice and it's like now he's just got to catch it. He catches it pretty naturally. So I, I, I'm eager to see what Mason looks like as a receiver when the lights shine bright. Um, and also running back. Come on, let's be honest. This is the ultimate. This is the ultimate position as far as the games matter. The practices don't. Yeah. So don't, I don't care what these guys' workout numbers are, and I really yeah. don't care what they look like in the OTAs, and I really don't care what they look like in practice because it doesn't really matter. I want to. I'm going to be evaluating this, and I think everybody in the league will be evaluating this because what you do in these games is who you are. You there's no such thing as yeah, man. I'm an awesome running back. I'm just not good in the games. No, no. <laughs> yeah, you you are good in the games. If you're a good running back, you're good in the games. There's no such thing as I'm, I'm, he, you know, this guy sucks in the games, but man, he did it in practice. So in a lot of ways, this is the truest competition, Grant, because yeah. um, we're going to come out of this game kind of having a feel for the pecking order of this backfield. And it's wide open in my mind. Yeah. And with Jordan Mason, again, We've seen him. There's been uh, a lot of buzz about him. People have seen him. Fans haven't really seen him yet. I would describe him as like sort of a bigger, younger version of Jeff Wilson Jr. Undrafted free agent, not fast, runs so hard and is really going to endear himself to the coaches by how he plays. And and to you, too, you're going to like him a lot. My uh, my scouting buddy says you know, the his comp and I really liked it. Marion Barber. Remember Marion Barber a few years ago at Dallas? Big guy runs violently hard. Absolutely. Jay Figs Ramon says, how do you think the Niners will fare this season against teams like the Rams who are built to stop mobile quarterbacks? Well, it'll be very interesting because the Niners did have a formula to beat the Rams, which was quick passing, get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and run the ball. I think they're still going to be able to run the ball, but they have Bobby Wagner now. What do you think? How's that matchup different? Um, I mean, the Rams, if the if, if you can get the Rams, it's all about going to be about when you get the Rams. I really believe that. When do, What weeks do the Niners play the Rams? Do we have that, Jim, that schedule? Early. Let me get it's that. early. Because yeah. you want them late. Why? Because they're thin. So if you get them early, you may run into a team that looks like a Super Bowl contender. But if you get them late... I think you're gonna you're gonna be very pleased. I think they're gonna win some games early. They shouldn't win. They're gonna lose some games late. They they absolutely should lose because they're. Uh-huh. I don't. I think they're relatively thin. I don't. I don't. I don't love their roster. I really don't love their roster. Here's my thing with like Stafford's good, but like he's about as smart as Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Like the difference between Matthew Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo is that Matthew Stafford has a freaking has great arm. Jimmy does it. Like if if you can, the reason the Niners beat Stafford twice is they were in his face the first two times. I mean, they sacked him sec- five times in the second game. He if you can get to him, he he makes terrible decisions. He throws picks. So he's a bad quarterback. If you give him time, he's pa- he's Patrick Mahomes. So uh, it seems like the Niners have that pass rush again that they can hound him relentlessly all game. Seems like they still match up well because the Rams can't run the ball at all. They're a totally one-dimensional team that's built on drop-back passing. If you can rush the quarterback, Rams are in trouble. So Niners still match up really well with the best team in the league, I think. I just think the Rams are paper thin. I mean, I you know, receiver-wise, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, it's awesome. It's awesome. But then when those guys go down, uh, what do you got? You got Van Jefferson's hurt. Two two Atwell's tiny. Uh, uh, Skoranek is just a guy. And then the rest of those guys can't play dead. I mean, Jacob Harris I kind of like, but they, they don't have much at receiver. On the offensive line, they lost their left tackle. Joe Notaboom steps in. Um, so they're they're relatively thin on the offensive line. You know, that they're the guy they drafted, Logan Bruce, uh, they're saying may wind up playing being the starter at right guard. They're through their I know Kendall Blanton had a great championship game, but the Rams are basically one deep at tight end. Um well, and then in the and then the backfield, I mean, their backup quarterbacks, Wofford, uh, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and then it's Kyron Williams. I, I don't I don't love the depth of their backfield, but their first team is incredible. And it's, and then you can say the same thing on the defense, uh, you know, the defense as well. The first team guys are pretty good, but when you get to that, there's a dramatic drop off between their first and second team. So I just I just think that the Rams are too thin, especially coming out of the Super Bowl where, you know, there's there's always adversity injury wise for those teams that play in the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm not as fearful of the Rams this year as others are, because I think they'll they're going to they suffer just a normal, the normal course of injuries. I think there'll be a dramatically, do, you know, diminished football team as the weeks pile up. That's what I thought about them last year. They were extremely thin last year too, having that dead cap from Jared Goff on their books, but. They never have big injuries. They are one of the healthier teams under Sean McVay, and I don't know what they do. They don't play in the preseason. They do something right. All right. They don't play any of their guys in the preseason. And that might be, you know, they may, McVay may be ahead of things on that. That might be the route to go. Maybe, might be, because it's always good to have your players healthy when the regular season starts. All right. Let's talk about Trey Lance. What, exactly are you evaluating from Trey Lance in this preseason game? Um, he's, I, I've, I have yet to see him in two games play with rhythm. He looked awful in the Arizona game. I blame it mostly on Kyle and the play calling. It was for his first start. He looked better in the second game, but he looked awful in the first half. And then when you go back and look at that second half again, he his escapability was top notch and his big playability down the field, you know, was Mahomes like he bought himself extra time. He found Debo on a deep bomb. So that's we know he's got that. Can he play in rhythm? Can he establish a rhythm? I mean, that to me will be a huge factor. And when I say that, I mean, can the ball come out of his hands quicker? Can he see it quicker? Can he can he identify what where he wants to go with the ball quicker? Everything from year one to year two should be sped up. It should be a dramatic improvement on what we saw last year. If we don't see a dramatic improvement on what we saw, I'm concerned. Because this is year one to year two. There is no bigger growth for a football player than year one to year two. So I want to see, I want to see growth. I want to see command. I want to see calm and I want to see him establish a rhythm. I like that. I mean, one thing I want to caution there though, is a rhythm. Is that him or is that the offense? Because if the offense doesn't get in a rhythm, it could be for a lot of reasons. It could be just play calling. It could be play calling, whatever. Um, With him. I think though, there's that's that I definitely agree though. Do you does it show that you've been on this team for a year or do you look like a rookie still? The other thing though is, and we're gonna everyone's gonna hyper analyze this, his throwing mechanics. He he spent all offseason trying to change them. Do they look different? Does the ball wobble? Where's his arm slide? Um, how hard does he throw? Does he have touch? Is he accurate? I mean, these things are all gonna be hyper scrutinized, and I think it would be ideal if he showed some growth. 
And he has at times in training camp, but that's all going to be scrutinized, how he throws a football. Because right now it looks like Justin Fields has made changes and improved his throwing motion. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see some extended drives, and so I mean, yeah. we know he's there's big playability there, yeah. but can can you can you lead drives? You know, can you can you? I mean, it's also about comfort. I want to see his feet be quiet. You know, um, as far as I don't want to see pitter patter, or maniacal fear, or anything. I want to see a guy who's comfortable, who's in command. Uh, you you'll and you'll get that feel. Well, you'll you'll see it all there. And also, I'll tell you the other thing I want to see, and this one is vitally important to me. I I know I watched him in in the FCS at North Dakota State. I saw the footage. I went and got two or three of his games and watched him in the offseason. I want to see appropriate fear. You're not running guys over in the NFL. I know he's big, strong, fast, tough. You're not running. You're not going to last in the NFL if you try to run guys over. I want to see appropriate fear, and that means get the ball out of your hands and then don't take unnecessary hits. Your backup is not Steve Young. Your yeah. backup is Nate Sudfeld. Yeah. You know the season will be lost if uh, if it's if it's in Sudfeld and Purdy time. The season's going down the crapper. So I want to see a, I want to see rhythm. I want to see command, and I want to see more fear of the defenders. I don't want to see Trey lowering a shoulder, taking on guys. I don't want to see uh, Kyle call power runs where there's no lead blockers. Uh, I don't want to see them subjecting their starting quarterback to hits for, for what, two yards, three yards, four yards. The risk-reward on that is him to me, the risk-reward's got to make sense on his runs. And didn't last year. Larry, they can't run him in this fucking preseason game. If they fucking run Trey Lance in this fucking game, I might, in a very confident <laughs> way, lose my fucking mind. He Craig Cohen has the, the field, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that, that that run that Malik Willis had last night, that was great. He's a young guy proving himself not the starter. Knock your, your heart out. Trey, do not do that. I mean, he like, Willis looked like he was going to go out of bounds and then cut inside and made a guy miss. Like, do not do that, Trey Lance. Because you might just get blasted. And if you get blasted and break a rib or a finger, uh, the season is over. Or 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 Jimmy Garoppolo takes your job and your career and your <laughs> your career here is over. So don't do that. No, no quarterback reads, no scrambles. Do what Larry said. Execute. Hit the check down. Let them work. Hit the check down. Hit the, Hit check, the check down. down. Yeah. And also, you know, it's really tough, Grant, because like you want these guys like Steve Young was great because he was a great competitor. But then you also on some level need to have the macro view of the season. And that's what Brady has and Breeze and all these guys Air Rodgers. They'll throw it away. Go to the next down. You don't need to win. If you have 65 offensive plays in a game, you don't need to win 65 plays. You 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 and, and if you're trying to win 65 plays, you're not seeing the force through the trees so remember you know play the you know try the micro but keep the macro very much at the front of your mind and let's talk, let's talk about things so we're talking specific things we're evaluating from trey lance the check down the check down like he they talk a lot about inaccuracy i think it's a little overblown i think he's been quite accurate when targeting kittle and, and Ayuk. but the check down you're there when he misses where does he miss high usually high can't do that, Trey. He threw a pick six on a check down to a running back. So, Trey, we want to see you hit these because we all remember Cam Newton. He was an MVP, but he was a guy who was completing 50-something percent of his passes his entire career because he couldn't hit the check down. He finally got Christian McCaffrey. was a little too late in his career, but then his completion percentage went up. That's your safety valve. Let him do the work. Otherwise, you're going to be scrambling around for your life. You're going to take his. You're not going to last. Yep. What happened to Cam Newton? Go watch Cam Newton's career. That'll be you. Hit the check down, hit the check down. And it's weird. It's like, you know, Alex Smith, you almost wanted to be like, dude, stop hitting the check down. <laughs> Take some chances down the field. Yeah. Trey, I feel like is the opposite. I feel he's got this tremendous courage. He's got this tremendous belief. He's impatient. Like a lot of young quarterbacks are, they want to make the big play. You know what? The defense you know, you, you put the defense on their heels. I love. I would love to see elongated drives, 10, 11, 12 play drives, long drives, because that I think is in there in his best interest. Yeah. But again, like if they can't pull that off, it, it may be because freaking Justin school is starting at right tackle or, or you know what I mean? Like, I, or, or they, they had 
three consecutive runs for Trey Sermon, or they called a pass for Raven McLeod. I, I'm curious to see how Kyle structures this first team offense. Like, who are you featuring? Is it Ayuk? Because you've seen a lot from Ayuk. Is it Debo? I'm curious. But uh, I also want to see Trey only in there, Grant, when Trent is in there. As soon as Trent comes out, I need Trey to come out. You actually think Trent plays in this game? Well, yeah, I think I think Trent plays a couple series in this game. Okay. Great. If fun. not, if not, man, I don't know how much I want to see Trey. That's what I'm saying. It, it's a very interesting balancing act. Uh, see what Kyle does. It's going to be in six and a half hours. Haha ha says, I agree with Lowell. Super Bowl or bust for Trey this year. Last year was his break in year. Sorry, it is time to produce now. <laughs> is that what? Is that what, uh, that's what my dad said? I thought he got a little excited about that. Super Bowl like, or bust? He's replacing a guy who can't win a Super Bowl. So it's not like if they kept Jimmy, you'd say, they, well, they'd win this year. I mean, is anyone saying that? I don't even think my dad would say that. So I don't know. Super. That That's high. That is, I will say this. It, he's not a rookie. He, I do have higher expectations than a rookie. Yeah. But to me, it's more like playoffs or bust. Yeah. I can't go Super Bowl or bust. Agree. Anyway, Larry and I need to mentally prepare ourselves for the game tonight. That's we right. Have to Thank you for watching, everyone. Make sure you follow the Krug Show on YouTube. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, man. Good to talk to you.